Hello, and welcome to Compelling Conversations, where law meets business. I'm Dara Rosenbaum, the found, a founding partner and attorney at Rosenbaum & Taylor in New York. My own journey has shown me the power of learning from others, whether from their successes or from their failures, and that's actually what led me to start this show. In each episode, my goal is to have a compelling conversation with a business leader, business owner, or other inspiring person who can share with you their experiences, their advice, and their perspective. I hope you'll learn from them just as I'm sure I will, and that we'll both be inspired. You can find this show anywhere you find your podcasts, and please look for it so you can hear some more of our conversations. My guest today is Denise Kegler. She is a brand strategist, business consultant, and career coach who works with underrepresented, driven professionals and businesses who want to define their brand and discover their purpose so that they can stand out, break through, and achieve career success. Denise has more than three decades of experience helping large corporations, small businesses, nonprofits, and individuals brand, market, and communicate their unique attributes and strengths. As a former senior and C-suite executive in both B2C and, B2C and B2B space, she understands what all of that takes, and she pours all of her skills into, into working with her clients. She is a certified and award-winning digital marketing and LinkedIn marketing professional, and is also the author of $40 and a Brand, How to Overcome Challenges, Defy the Odds, and Live Your Awesomeness, which is available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. So welcome, Denise. It is wonderful to have you here. Thank you, Dara. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. It's wonderful. I'm, I love the define your, if you live your awesomeness. I mean, awesomeness is such a great word. It is. It is. And I, and everyone has their awesomeness inside of them. It's about mm -hmm. how they pull it out, lean into it and use it to their advantage. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, what struck me when we first met is, is the passion that you have. Where does that come from? Where does that drive to do the work that you do come from? I talk a lot about this with my own clients, and it is about connecting with your why. First, defining your why, leaning into and connecting with it, and letting that why sort of carry you through your professional career. And my why, and thank you for saying that about the passion, because I do feel very passionate about why I do the work I do, and that dates back to my childhood, which is my why. I grew up a single parent household. My mother was single, raised three girls, mm -hmm. and we had had a very challenging background I or very challenging upbringing, economically challenging. I was challenged both mentally, emotionally, because I grew up as a very, very shy, introverted kid. And Dara, when I say shy and introverted, <laughs> I mean to the extreme where oh. a teacher would call on me in class to answer a question, which of course meant that I had to open my mouth in front of people mm -hmm. who I didn't who I wasn't related to, and the fear would be paralyzing such that tears would well up in my eyes and stream oh. down my face because I was terrified of speaking in front of anyone other than my two sisters and my, my mother. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, crying in class when you're in middle school and high school, what does that mean? That I had a big yeah. old target, bully target on my back. Uh. I was seen as being weak and vulnerable and, and I was taken advantage of. So I was literally beaten up and I mean physically beaten up robbed of money for the ice cream truck the snack truck at school and because of that I had no voice I had no confidence I had no self-esteem and that held me back and I knew somewhere along the line I knew that I couldn't have any kind of career being scared to speak crying if I had to speak in front of anyone mm -hmm. and so those are my challenges but 
I knew that there was something deep down inside that I needed to come out. And it was a professor in at college. I went to Emerson College in Boston. Mm-hmm. And it was a professor there who knew, who, who saw something deep inside of me that was there, but wasn't coming out. And she mm-hmm. pulled that out of me. And that is the, the my why. And because of that, I work with businesses, underrepresented businesses, underrepresented professionals, nonprofits to help pull out their awesomeness because everyone faces challenges. Mm -hmm. But finding someone who understands what those challenges are, who can pull that awesomeness out of you to Mm -hmm. redefine your brand so that you can step up, stand out and break through. That is what my business, that is what I am all about. And, And I love it. I love it. And how would a great gift that professor was to you to see that in you and help you bring it out? Absolutely. And I still keep in touch with her. Marcia Della Justine, she's retired now, but but she was absolutely fabulous. I, I love her. And she changed my life. And it sounds like you're changing the lives of people because you're you're explaining to them and showing them that they have all those same tools, even if they were the shy kid in school who was crying and bullied and, and really suffering. Absolutely. And I and I love sharing my story because we you know we've heard the, the saying sharing is caring. Mm-hmm. And I share my story a lot. It's the basis of my book, Forty Dollars in a Brand. It's the framework or the foundation of my career coaching programs. I offer three online career coaching programs. When I go out and I do set personal branding sessions and workshops, it's the basis of that, the foundation of that. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 powerful when you can tap into your own story and then use that story to help other people. Now, how does somebody know that they need a, a brand co- a brand consultant or a business consultant or a career coach? What's going on in someone's life when they say, like, I'm not really sure what it is that I need, but I know I need to talk to someone like Denise? It's a good question. I get asked that a lot. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't know they need a career coach or a brand coach. One, they don't know what that means. Like, mm-hmm. branding, what is, a, what is branding? What is a brand? One of the, before COVID, one of my of uh, primary clients was the Department of Corrections in Massachusetts. And I would go into prisons and mm-hmm. work with inmates. Okay, there's, you know, I'm outside because I'm traveling. So I'm outside, sort of, and there's like bees around. So I'm hoping, <laughs> I don't like screaming, but there's a huge bee who wanted to get into my room. Um, but so talk about, you know, he, he wants to hear your story. <laughs> but I would go into prisons and I would work with inmates to help them define their brands. Because when, you've, when you're when you incarcerated or you've been incarcerated, your brand is pretty much rock bottom. It is. And, and everyone acknowledges that. But it doesn't mean your brand is dead unless you're dead. It doesn't mean that you cannot rebuild and remake your brand. Mm-hmm. So I go into prisons and I help these inmates, women and men, tap into a belief system, tap into something deep down inside that makes them understand and believe in themselves. Mm-hmm. But, it was, but to, to the point about branding, I mean, when I first started doing this and I was doing, I did it for about five years before COVID hit and all of the programming stopped. Mm-hmm. But I remember going in and I was, I, my first, my, one of my first workshops and one of the inmates says, Hey, Denise, what do you mean by branding? Is this what you mean? He pulls down his shirt and there's a huge tattoo across his chest. And I said, no, <laughs> it's not body branding. It's not, body branding. but that's what people—they're not really sure what branding is. Mm-hmm. They don't know to ask for it or seek people like me out. 
So it's usually when they are one of the popular ways I think that people use brand brand coaches or career coaches is when they're looking to switch careers, when they're unemployed, need a new job, they're working on their resume, they want to be more visible. And that's where I come in. So like one of my clients now, she's very successful in her career, but her visibility is not where she wants it to be. Mm-hmm. And so I'm working with her because I, as you mentioned in the opening, I'm a, um, an award-winning digital certified digital marketer. Mm-hmm. And so I'm working with her and, and LinkedIn marketers. I'm working with her on LinkedIn. LinkedIn for getting that up and going and more um, polished and more branded Twitter, Facebook, all those things. So that that's exciting. But then I also work with 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 businesses to help them rebrand and whether it's they need a new mission statement, updated mission statement, they need their website scrubbed and the content updated. One of the one of the things I found in working with nonprofits, one of the common mistakes nonprofits make is that they have a disconnect between their internal brand and their external brand. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about their external brand, meaning their website, one of the nonprofit, actually a few of my nonprofit clients, I've gone through and I first I do an audit of their website. And I said, Did you, in one particular nonprofit client that comes to mind, I said, do you know you have three different mission statements on your website? <laughs> three different mission statements. <laughs> There's a mis there's a, a misalignment with your with your brand right there, and they're like, oh my gosh! But because it, it takes an outside person to come in mm-hmm. and take time to go through, and which is what I what I did and what I do. So I love doing that, and then rewriting the content for the website and then getting that out. But usually it's a it's a I don't know it's um. They 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 decide that they need they know they need to move into a different direction and need new clients maybe new businesses new new donors new customers mm-hmm. and how are they going to do it and it's not a word of mouth I get a lot of most of my not all of my clients come to me through word of mouth somebody said hey do you know Denise Kegler MDK Brain Management she helped me she helped a friend of mine she can help you too mm-hmm. most if not all of my clients have been through word of mouth and it sounds like it's been a very successful business for you. I I love it. I love it. And and as you point out, people have talked about my passion because I have when people ask me, well, what different differentiates you from other career coaches and branding brand strategists? And my answer is simple because I've been where most likely where they want to go. As you mentioned, I've been in the C-suite. I've held senior executive level roles in big corporations, Adidas, Nintendo, Reebok, Boston Scientific. And and I've worked in a nonprofit. I started a business. I've moved in different, different industries. So I understand all of that. So because because I've been there, I can lean into my own experiences and help other people and other businesses. And how would you define your own brand? Because obviously, I'm sure that's something that you thought about before you before you formed MDK. So how do you define your brand? I tell you, it's, it's so funny. It's a good question. I was at Reebok and because someone, okay, let me, let me go back. So I was at Reebok. We just done a big event. I just overseen a big PR marketing event for Venus Williams in New York. Mm-hmm. Where we were announcing at the time that she was the highest paid female, uh, black female endorsed mm-hmm. athlete, tennis athlete, or I think athlete in general. Mm. And it was a big event, very successful, went off just so smooth. And I came back. And it, but it aged me 20 years because you can imagine because Venus was at the height of her career back then. Mm-hmm. And she just won Wimbledon. And there was so much pressure on me to make this event a huge success. We came, we come back and I'm walking down this down the hall and I hear one of our sports marketing executives yell out, Hey Denise. And I turned right, goes, You know what your brand is? And I thought I looked at him and was like, hmm. And he said, I'm not gonna, it's a swear word, so I'm not gonna say it, but he said, You get S done. Uh-huh. S H blank yep. blank 
done. Got it. Yep. <laughs> I know, right? You got it. <laughs> and I thought about it and I said, you know what? I like that brand and I've leaned into it ever since. So people, when they work with me, they know that I'm going to get it done no matter what the obstacle, which is another mm-hmm. reason why I named my book, How to Overcome a Challenge and Defy the Odds and Live Your Awesomeness, because it is about finding ways to manage through challenges, to manage through obstacles. If you can overcome them, great. Some of us can't always overcome them, but we find a way to manage through them. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a big accomplishment if you can find a way to manage through them. I haven't overcome my shyness. I have not overcome my being an introvert. I haven't. I found a way to strategically manage through it. I speak a lot. People say, oh, you know, how do you speak in front of you like so many people when I used to cry in front of like 20 people. Now I speak, Mm -hmm. you know, I've spoken in front of thousands of people at one time. He was, oh, do you imagine naked people sitting in the front row? I never have done that ever in my life. Maybe (laughs) works to some people. I don't know. But I I used to have a couple of strategies I used early in my career when I would just be petrified when I would be asked to speak. And I, there are a couple of things I used to do mentally, but now I don't really have to have to um, engage in those anymore. But yeah, yeah. I don't even know if I answered your question, but. Yeah, absolutely. You did. You did. You're, you get asked on. <laughs> yes. That's my brand. Yes. Yeah, your brand. <laughs> it sounds to me, I mean, I think two things come to mind. First of all, it seems to me like, you know, you're not asking people or you're not coaching people or encouraging people to change who they are. It's a question of working, kind of working with who they are and, you know, becoming, you know, becoming either their best brand or presenting themselves in the best way. So it doesn't sound to me like you're taking, you know, a shy person who's not interested in speaking in front of people and, you know, and putting them on stages. You're trying to figure out how they're going to be comfortable presenting themselves. Is that, is that accurate? That is accurate. And, and and adding on to that, it's also helping people define the brand they currently have mm-hmm. or understand the brand they currently have. It's not about telling, listening to all the stories you're telling yourself inside your head. I'm beautiful. I'm wonderful. People love me. Ugh. It's not about that because we all we all want to believe that we're the best thing ever. And some, you know, and in some ways we are. Mm-hmm. But I'll help people sort of take that out of their heads, not not, I don't want them to not have that kind of confidence because absolutely right. you have some confidence, but don't get stuck in those stories you're telling yourself inside your head. Find out what other people are saying about you. Mm-hmm. When I say that, and I and I have certain clients who said to me, well, Denise, I don't really care what people say about me. I don't really care. And I say, I understand that. You should care. You should right. care. Here's why. You may not do anything with that information, but not knowing gives the power to all of those other people because they know how they feel about you. You don't know. So why would you acquiesce that kind of power to anyone? So find out. So the one thing I do with some clients, not all of my clients, but some clients, I have them or I do for them a brand survey. So go out there and let's find out what people are saying about you. So if it's wrong, if it's not the brand or not the comments you want to be said about you, then do something mm-hmm. about it. Change it. Mm-hmm. So just have people talking about you behind your back and saying, oh, Denise, oh, Denise. Find out what they're saying. Go, you know what? I don't really like that people think that about me. I don't really like that people are saying that about me. Yeah. So, yes, I'm going to do something about it. And then I help clients sort of define, okay, what are those actions and behaviors? Some of them subtle, some of them not so subtle, that they're now going to execute to change what people are saying about them. Not so much to your point to change who they are, but change that perception other people have about them. That's mm-hmm. important. And there feels like there's such value in that because what, you know the way you present yourself, if you're, whether you're in a, you know, you're looking for a job or you're looking to hire people, you can get looked at online. They're going to look at your Instagram. They're going to look at your Facebook. They're going to look at your LinkedIn. They're going to look at your website. 
And if you're not presenting yourself in the right way, I can see that that would really be detrimental even before somebody gets to meet you. And maybe they don't meet you because they don't see they don't see what they want to see. It's a non-starter. You're right. If people are going online and seeing things like, ugh, I mean, one of the things people ask me is about changing. So you Google yourself, which which I recommend people do. And I do every once in a while, people tell me, but Google yourself and find out. And a lot of people don't have a whole lot out there because they're not out there being active, which of course you need if you're going to have pages on Google, you need to be out there doing something. Mm-hmm. But if you find that other people are saying certain things, or you're Googling certain things that are not very positive or not exactly what you want to say, then you want to start doing something and getting out there and start as I mentioned, taking on these or executing these actions and behaviors Mm -hmm. that are going to help you present the brand you want. To your question, there's a, a, and I read, I read a lot of stats and there was a statistic I read maybe about two years ago. I don't think it's changed though. Something like 80, I want to say 80% of HR hiring managers rank your resume as number two or three, as far as what's going to influence them to hire you. Hmm. Your personal brand is number one. Yeah, and, why, and and that means that when you walk into that room, this is what I also work with my clients on. When you walk into that room, let's say you know you still you're doing live interviews or now more Zoom interviews, doesn't mm-hmm. matter. What can you do to make sure that the the person that brand that you want to project is actually coming out? Because yeah. that's what you're going to be judged on, not the piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Because what I tell people is. Your why, your what is not going to help you stand out because there are gazillions of the same what's nurses. I want to be a nurse. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a marketer. I want to be a podcast podcast host. Mm-hmm. I want to be whatever, a lawyer, whatever it is. Yeah. But what is going to help you stand out? That HR person or whomever it is sitting in front of you, they're going to be checking you out to see, okay, I don't like the term, but they are going to be looking at that culture fit. I have a whole, that's a whole nother segment about culture fit about. But still, a lot of people are saying, okay, does she fit the culture? They're going to be looking at you, how you look, how, how you dress, your makeup, your hair, your jewelry, all those subtle things that you have to pay attention to. Also, how you speak, how mm-hmm. you speak. Are you are you speaking um, grammatically correctly? And not right. enough people really think about that. And it is so, so important. This is what I, what I do in my business, some of the things I do. And obviously we talked about individuals you know, looking for jobs or, you know, HR managers out there looking for people, but obviously it's also true of companies because if you're looking to hire, you know, you're looking to hire a service provider, or you're looking to get a product, mm-hmm. you want to get a sense of who they, who these people are, you Absolutely. Know, you know, whether you're, you're looking at working on like a personal service, whether it's an attorney or an accountant or a real estate a professional mortgage broker. I mean, anybody who works directly with clients, you know, down to, you know, people in, you know, graphic designers over to, you know, everything from physical training, I'm personal trainers. I mean, I can see everybody kind of having that, you know, that need for a brand so that people understand what they're getting, who they're going to be working with. Absolutely. And some people understand it. Some people, some people don't, don't understand the importance of it, the significance of it. As Mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier about, about your website, of course, being the number one or the first point of entry, if you will, someone's going to meet you, is through your your website. But Mm -hmm. not everyone has a website. I happen to believe in websites, but not everyone has one. Okay, that's fine. But think about your other 
public channels, your mm-hmm. LinkedIn, your, your Facebook? How often are you engaging in conversation? So I have my clients follow companies and individuals to see, you know, and engage in conversation. I talk to my own kids who are in there, who are older and out there with their careers. Thankfully, mm-hmm. they're both working. Yeah. But I remember talking to them years ago about making sure that they're engaging, even my own clients as well, making sure they're engaging in, in, in topics, how to position yourself as a thought leader. I mean, those are the pieces where you're talking about all these businesses. There are so many subtle ways that you can start to build your brand, build your visibility, build awareness of a certain subject matter um, expertise that you have and take advantage of that. And people go, oh, you know, social media is a full time job. I don't disagree. Right. I don't disagree, but that's what I, where I come in because you know one of my clients. This is what I do. One, what I do for this particular client is I help them with their social media, and there's a bee like right behind, beside my head right now. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> but people tell me because I'm terrified of bees. People say, Denise, if you just don't move and don't do anything, they're fine. So okay, I will leave it alone. Okay, well, just let me know if we have a problem. <laughs> no, it's fine. I don't know. I don't know where there it is. It's fine. It's up there. I think what a great takeaway is, is that you don't have to be Reebok or Boston Scientific or Venus Williams to to have a brand and to be branded in a certain way and to have that kind of presence where people are receiving you or seeing you in that way. I mean, I think that's a big takeaway because people, I mean, I think the traditional focus on brands was like, what brand of cereal do you like? Or, you know, what brand of sneakers do you want to wear? And I think the personal branding is, you know, relatively new concept in terms of, you know, presenting yourself in a certain way or presenting your services, your company in a certain way, no matter what size you are. I think that's a big, that's sort of a, a big takeaway for me is that everybody has a brand and you have to pay attention to it because otherwise it could be to your detriment. Well, especially in the in this social media world mm-hmm. where people define you by what they're reading online about you. And so taking control of that narrative is so important. And there uh, we uh, do this this multi-platform. I produce and uh, executive produce and, and host this multimedia platform called Brand Rewind. Mm-hmm. There are four of us, four women-owned businesses business owners who are all women. Mm-hmm. We got together uh, last year and created this concept or this multimedia initiative called Brand Rewind. And it mm-hmm. sort of talked to exactly what you're saying, Dara, which is understanding what we can learn about the importance of your brand and how we can we can look at other brands. It's like a, it's like a master class in teachable moments, a branding masterclass in teachable moments, which of course are everywhere. So right. we, we, Barika, Patia, Zoe, and I, every Thursday, either through our newsletter or through our live stream on YouTube and Facebook, mm-hmm. we take a look back at, at, at whether it's an individual brand or, or a business brand. And we say, okay, what can we learn either was positive or questionable about the behaviors or actions of individuals and businesses. And we delve into, okay, what do we, what do we learn from those behaviors or those actions? So a couple come couple topics we talked about come to mind, which is the Will Smith, Chris Rock, famous, you know, most famous slap in the world. Well, what does this do? What's that teachable moment, both for from Will Smith and from Chris Rock? Uh, yesterday, we had our, our weekly or biweekly newsletter come out, and the headline in that, the, the brand spotlight was about the Johnny Depp, uh, Amber Heard mm-hmm. uh, trial that, of course, just ended. What was that teachable moment, and what does it say about the, those brands, and what can we learn? And those are just two of many, many um, mm-hmm. examples. But we delve into, okay, what can we learn? And a lot of the, a lot of the 
brands we talk about are very positive brands. What can we learn about that brand? How can we use those lessons or those teachable moments to help us strengthen or enhance or build our brands? And, and it gets most of, most, most of what we talk about are about personal brands, because to your point, I think that's what people are still trying to wrap their head around is why do they need to even think about their personal brand? Well, mm-hmm. think about those examples I just mentioned. Yeah, you think Will Smith's not thinking about the personal brand damage he did to himself? Absolutely. Right. Now, where does he go from here? What does he do about it? What does he do about it? And that's obviously an extreme because people don't do that. Right. But people make other mistakes. They shoot themselves in the foot in other ways. Mm-hmm. When you do that, what can we learn from those? And how can we go, you know what? I'm never going to do something like that. Or if I make a mistake, God, I've made mistakes in my life and in my career. So mm-hmm. I use myself as examples a lot in my in my classes. I am such an open book mm-hmm. in, my, in my workshops. I share I share a lot of my life in my in my workshops and my sessions and working with my my clients because as I mentioned earlier, sharing is caring and I do care a lot about my clients. And that's so clear. That is so clear. Now, you started MDK brand management after 25 years in corporate. Mm-hmm. So what do you see as the biggest opportunity for businesses or individuals in kind of developing and building and managing a brand? Because obviously that's something that you know that you started doing for yourself after doing it for so many other companies, you know, for, for 25 years. Mm-hmm. People, they're people. Mm-hmm. One of the, one of the, several of my corporate clients, I think maybe most of my corporate clients hire me to come in and and facilitate branding workshops, personal branding workshops for their high potential employees. Mm-hmm. And one particular client reached out to me and said, Denise, we're having an issue with productivity, and and people and some of the feedback these executives were getting was that people didn't really feel very engaged or weren't really that engaged in, in their work. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the uh, key elements I learned since I started my company and all my research is mm-hmm. having employees tap into their why. We mentioned earlier their why it increases for your fulfillment, your productivity, and mm-hmm. your engagement at work because you feel like there's a reason you're doing what you're doing. Right. When employees are walking in and, and punching a time clock, you know, nine to nine to five, and of course that isn't how we work anymore. So figuratively, nine to five, right. they're not going to be engaged. You're not, and that's going to affect their productivity. But if they know there's a reason they're going in, if somehow their why is connected to their what, mm-hmm. that going to research shows, statistics shows that that is going to increase their productivity because they're going to feel more fulfilled. And I'm not talking about being happy because that's a paycheck. Right? You got a paycheck paying your mortgage, your bills, you can go on mm-hmm. vacation. That's being happy. I'm talking about feeling fulfilled. Mm-hmm. There's something, I'm not going to remember the statistics, but I think 60% of employees do not feel fulfilled at work. Mm. 60% are not finding fulfillment. And that is because based on my research, they're not tapping into what makes them do what they do, what put them on their path. Mm-hmm. Why are they there? Why are they there? Why are they doing what they're doing? Why are you doing, why are you a lawyer? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, once you tap into that and it, it's fascinating because I do this with my clients a lot and it's like that, but why, but why that annoying kid, but yeah. why, but why, but why yep. it's me in my workshops, they'll say, <laughs> well, I do this because I want to make money. Well, that's not a why that's mm-hmm. a result, but that's not your why. Right. And you know, what I do is I peel away this onion and it is a beautiful thing because all of a sudden these light bulbs start going out off blah, 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 and they go and I go, but why? But why? And then then finally it gets down to, I'm making this up, but maybe not because I've done this so many times. Mm -hmm. Maybe somebody told told me that um, 
and I think someone did tell me this example, they walked when they were five or six years old, they would walk into their grandmother's house and smell this like aroma of cookies or other baked goods. And they would see mm-hmm. everybody sort of gather around the kitchen. They saw people so happy and so engaged and just love just fill that room in addition to the great aroma of these baked goods. Mm-hmm remembered that somehow it was pressed deep inside their their minds, but they grew up to be a baker or a cook or or something that that tapped into that why. And they didn't know until I would talk to them about it. And they go, you know, that's why I do what I, I do, because I, I saw as a kid that doing that made made my family happy. There was one, I remember someone telling me that their father uh, would bring them into their um their uh, garage and start working on cars, the tinkering with the engine and tinkering with building cars. Mm-hmm. Said, and I remember this particular person saying, and my father just seemed so happy and he grew up to be a mechanic. He didn't know exactly why. Mm-hmm. So doctors who grow up to be doc- pe- doctors who become doctors because maybe they saw a, a loved one or, or a close friend die from an illness and they saw the pain that um, mm-hmm. their, their friends and their family went through and they grew up and they say, you know, I don't want people to suffer like this. I want to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. So people can tap into their why more fulfilled in their careers. And I do that a lot with companies. So your question, companies tapping into what's going to help their employees feel more fulfilled is going to have a direct impact on their top and their bottom line. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I got to tell you, you have taken me back to making butter cookies with my grandma Rosalind uh, and decorating them and cutting them into little shapes. And I can I can smell all that. So Absolutely. I, I didn't become a baker, but that's, that's definitely that strong sense of memory thing for me. Yes, yes, yes. Now, so MDK brand management, you, you offer career consulting, you are uh, career coaching, I'm sorry, business mm-hmm. consulting and brand strategy. Mm-hmm. It, it feels to me like there are so many people who are, have come out of the woodwork, it seems, and announced that they're career coaches. So how does somebody, you know, what is somebody getting from working with you that, you know, that is is different or is specific to you that, that you offer that maybe somebody else doesn't? I've been, and thank you for that. I have been where a lot of people want to go. I'm one of the few black females that have ever held a C-suite role. And the number, while it's increased a teeny bit, it is Mm. still so, so small. And a lot of people of color, a lot of women strive to to move up that corporate rank and hold executive, senior executive and C-suite level roles. And I've been a VP and SVP, a C-suite executive. So I understand all of the the challenges, especially as a woman, especially as a a woman of color, I can help you understand, okay, here's what's going to happen and get to this point. Here's, Here's what to avoid. Mm-hmm. So I do offer three online career coaching programs to launch your career, to develop your career, and to advance your career. Hmm. And I use my own stories to help people do that. And so what's different about my program is one, I, I use my own experiences and I got a ton of them and I openly share when this happened, when that happened, I have been, I've, I have survived direct and indirect challenges that are, that some, that somehow tie back to my being a person of color or a woman. And I mm-hmm. can help clients understand how to get around that or at least manage through it or, and survive it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do my, my online career coaching program. So there are modules that are online that you, you watch. And I do a lot of activities because I do believe that you learn more when you're actually doing it. Mm-hmm. I do. I offer a lot of online activities, but then I offer live career coaching. So you're getting both the modules and then then you get me live to talk through whatever you want. I'm an open book. If you have questions about either the module, 
itself or about anything that you've gone through in that particular day or mm-hmm. week or month in your career, then let's talk it through. And people take advantage of that. People do take advantage of that. This sounds like wonderful offerings. I like the, the three-step approach, which is, you know, depending, you kind of meet the person where they are. Are you starting your career? Are you working in your career? Or are you looking to advance your career? And I think those are, those are important yes. steps, I think, and, and points at which people really could use some guidance. And, you know, I think, yeah, it sounds like the differentiator for you in, or one of the differentiators is that you've been there. You've done it. It's not, you know, you didn't learn it from a book. You know, I know you wrote a book, obviously, but you wrote a book based on your experiences. Yeah, exactly. So, and in one of them, knowledge. Yeah. And starting a business. I mean, we know you've seen we've seen the statistics of the number of people in the past year or two years who have left their jobs and started their own business. And that's exactly what I did. Mm-hmm. It is not for the faint of heart. I mean, if you go on, you go, you go, oh, I want to start a business. OK, yeah. But do you know what you got to actually do to start a business? Mm-hmm. Company, a lot of people bypass getting their business trademarked or registered. I went through every single step. I went through trademarking. Now my business is registered. The red trademark is my business is, is an LLC. So I didn't just hang a shingle in my you know, downstairs office and go, come to me. It's an LLC. It's registered mm-hmm. and I'm certified as a um, women and black owned business. So I've gone through all those steps. They're mm-hmm. not, they're, they're, they're tedious. They're, oh, yes. you know, they're like, ugh. But you have to do it. I mean, that's that's what I do. So I walked through. In fact, when I first started my company, before I actually started it, I went and I talked to a lot of people, a lot of people. I took in a lot. I mean, a lot of information I took because I wanted to make sure I wasn't making the wrong move. And I also wanted to make sure I, I t- you know, dotted the I's and, and crossed the T's. Mm-hmm. I remember one big piece of advice I took, I received and I followed, which is write down every single step, Denise, of your your journey through going from corporate and starting your business, because one day it's going to help you, it's going to help someone else. And yeah. that's exactly what I did. So I wrote down from the my last day of Boston Scientific, because I left Boston Scientific and started my company for my mm-hmm. last day. For the first, I want to say two years of my business, I wrote down everything that I went through. And so I can, so I share that with, um, with client, potential clients as well. And I love the idea. Of, I love the idea of talking to a lot of people and getting information. That's something that I, I preach to all of my business clients. Yes. And, you know, I always say not very few of us are doing something that nobody's ever done before. We may be doing it in a different way. We may looking to be looking to innovate, but people have started companies. People have worked in companies. People have grown companies, transitioned companies. So there's so much to learn from what other people did, right? What they did wrong, what they look back and say they would have done differently. So there's so much that I think people can get from working with, with someone like you or, you know, other trusted professionals in different areas, whether it's, you know, accountants or real estate professionals or, you know, tax advisors. It just to, to kind of make sure that that business is, is being done properly because right. like you said, it's it's not for the faint of heart and it's a huge undertaking and you don't want to make those missteps that are going to cost you later. It's going to, because you're going to have to go back and, and redo it at some point. Mm-hmm. Perhaps an attorney tells you, you know what, you should have done that three years ago. Now it's going mm-hmm. to be more costly. It's going to take you more time right. to do it. And so that's why, yes, I talked to a lot of people. It's like, okay, what do I need to do? And right. yeah, and it got done and I'm, I'm six. See, I started my business in July of 2015. Mm-hmm. Yes, live 2015. So yeah, yeah, it's exciting. You're, you're coming up on lucky number seven. Whoa, yes. <laughs> it? Yeah, I guess that's true. I hadn't thought about it. But yeah, yeah, I left corporate in June of 2015. And three weeks later, I had my LLC because I had started the process of founding my company while I was still working in mm-hmm. corporate because I knew that was what I wanted to do. And then I then I had, um, when I left, I had the final stuff you have to do, which takes full-time focus. Right. 
And so I did that. And then, yeah, I got my, in Boston Scientific was my first client. So I left Boston Scientific and they were my first client when I started my company. That says so much about who you are. I mean, that just says so much about who you are. It really does. Thank you. So Denise, I'd love to ask everybody the same final question. What is something that you've learned along the way that you wish you'd known earlier? Something I learned along the way that I probably that writing, writing everything down because it's so important because we, you know, we age, we forget things. And I remember, so Vernon Jordan, the late Vernon Jordan, Mm -hmm. one of my early mentors. And I remember we were sitting, having lunch at the Rainbow Room in New York. Mm -hmm. And this was before I wrote my book. So I was at, I I was working um, at Reebok at the time. I think I was at Reebok. I can't remember where I was working at the time. And he said to me, Denise, you're having, yeah, it was Reebok because I was traveling like crazy. I was working with so many celebrities. I might've just come back from, I flew to, to, to Europe with Jay-Z to launch his Reebok RBK signature shoe. And it might've been around the time, I can't remember, mm-hmm. I worked with so many celebrities. And I remember he said to me, write everything down because you were having so many experiences and they don't have to be celebrity experiences for most people. They don't have to make, they don't have to be. It's right. anything, write it down because he said, you're going to forget it. So he was telling me about his book, Vernon Can Read. Yeah, Vernon Can Read was his one of his first, I think his first book. Mm-hmm. And he said, whatever you do, start doing that. And I did. I started doing that right after I came back. And I said, you know, I don't write anything down. Yeah. I wasn't taking a lot of pictures then. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I started writing everything down. So when I decided to write my book, I just went back in my computer and I, and I had, you know, notes. I didn't have to go remember things or make things up or anything because I had all the notes. I wish I had done that years ago, years ago, because mm-hmm. one, it can help you with your business or your career or just knowing, just going back and reading these stories, sharing them with your kids, your grandkids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's so important now, you know, everything's captured on social media now with the photos and, and everything, but still there's something about keeping a journal mm-hmm. that, is, that is inspiring, it's empowering. And that's something I, I wish I, but, but I do it, I do it now. So Never yeah, I really like that because I, th- I think not only, you know, I don't, not everyone's going to write a book, but obviously, you know, to look back and see that you faced a challenge and you got past it or, you know, there was a, a time that you that was kind of a fork in the road and you picked one direction. And, you know, how did you go about doing that and making decisions? Yeah. So I think it can be really inspiring yeah. Um, yeah. to look back and see what all that you've accomplished from, you know, wherever you start that journal to wherever you're reading it. There's obviously a lot of stories in there. Yes, I exactly. like that a lot. So right this has been a terrific conversation. I've, I've really enjoyed this. And I think there's so many, you know, so many additional conversations that we can have because obviously there's so much richness in the history that you have and what you do. How can people find you? Great. Yes, please find me. So <laughs> Denise at mdkbrandmanagement.com is my email. Denise mm-hmm. at mdkbrandmanagement. My website, mdkbrandmanagement.com. I'm on Twitter. I'm on everything. Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. And my number, certainly can call my business number, 781-856-6740. Um, yeah, so please do. I'm happy. I offer free a uh, 15-minute consultation. You go to my website, mdkbrandmanagement.com. There's a there's a prompt at the very beginning of the website that you click on and get a free uh, session with me. Wonderful. Well, I will include all those all those links and all that uh, the phone number and the the addresses when we when we post the video. So, one, this has really been been terrific, Denise. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you.